Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Bad History. Bad History. Mm-hmm. My name is Steven and I'm joined as always by my good friend, esteemed colleague, maid, butler, and bodyguard, Dave. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're keeping it? I didn't know if you yeah. were going to keep it. <laughs> oh, you know I am. He did that on the last one that we scrapped because we yeah, were, no. <laughs> it was we this is this this is take number three trying to do this intro um so it, it's it's gonna be one of those episodes oh, it's bad. uh yeah but we're back at you for another week of bad history as always um we uh last week we did the 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 serial killer spooktacular which was a lot of fun to record uh, i think the episode actually turned out really well so if you haven't listened to that episode uh stop what you're doing and turn, turn the car around and go listen to that episode turn the uh, car around. <laughs> uh but this week we're going to be talking about movies historical movies uh which is something that's pretty cool i think we've kind of thrown around before um so the way that this is going to work is we both picked a movie that uh, we you know has some sort of historical basis. We're going to talk about what they got right, what they got wrong, and all of that. And so, uh, but before we do that, Dave, as always, I gotta know how has your week been? My week was super good. Yeah, yeah. What'd man. you do? Uh, what did I do this week? Well, it was super good, so I feel like you should just know off the top of your head. I mean, you know, just. I just like love life, man. It doesn't matter if mm-hmm. anything specifically awesome happens. It snowed That's like true. fifty feet of snow today. I don't know yeah. if I texted you that, but like you did, you did. <laughs> it was like super warm yesterday, like in the upper fifties. I was wearing shorts and flip flops, and, and then this morning I just I got out the old scraper, <laughs> yeah, off my car, scraping the car. Uh, what else did I do this week? Um, I played some video games. Ooh, I never talk what'd you about, play? I never talk about the video games I play. You don't. You don't. Um, that's always you. What did I play this week? I played um some Street Fighter because nice. the new Street Fighter is coming out real soon, and uh, I'm really excited because I love that series. So I've been playing my favorite game in the series, which is Third Strike, and um. I've been playing a lot of that. Uh, I've been watching some movies. Mm-hmm. I watched The Hobbit yesterday. Nice. nice. Um, it's not exactly a good movie. It's not exactly Mm-mm. a great movie. Mm-mm. No. Um, it's probably a bad movie. Yeah, I would probably consider it a not great movie. But uh, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And um, I love the original trilogy. And just like, it doesn't even matter if they're good or bad movies. Just being back in the world with the music and the Shire and the and the Gandalf the Grey, you mm-hmm. know, before he was all white. Back when he was chill. He used yeah. To, he used to smoke that old Toby. He'd smoke that. Smoke it. Smoke That's, that old Toby. That sweet, sweet Toby. That blaze it. <laughs> uh... Before he like you know died and came back and was all like fucking. Before he before he was Jesus. <laughs> before he was Jesus and he came back and was like, oh, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I'm serious. I'm getting off the white. You want to smoke? Go smoke up with Radagast the Brown. Fucking. Radagast. Oh yeah. Just walking around with, with 
bird shit on his face. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> the coating. Dude, it's so good. Um, also, I'm I'm gonna hit all three. I'm gonna hit all three. I've been reading books, some, movies, video game. I've been reading some this week. What have you been reading? I've been reading uh, this collection of short stories by H.P. Lovecraft called The Eldritch Tales. Oh, nice. And we've been reading those before going to bed. And some of them are really spooky. Some of them are, you know, they're not. But, like, he's older, so yeah. it probably spooked the fuck out of the people back then. There was this right. one we read um, last night, and it was completely in rhyme. And it was in, like... Uh, you know, pentameter, and mm-hmm. it was, like, fucking iambic and beautiful. Right. And right. it was about, like, a monster wolf dude. It's pretty great. Cool, man. So, if you like classic horror, check out the short stories of H.P. Lovecraft. He's famous for, you know, like, Cthulhu and all that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's good. I, I can't think of Cthulhu without thinking of the South Park episode. Oh, yeah, with the coon. With the coon. Oh, I also watched the South Park movie this week. Ooh, good choice. Kat had never seen it, so we sat down and and watched it. And, like, she... I don't think she knew what to expect. Like, I don't think she thought it was a full fucking musical. Like, yeah, like a whole deal? (laughs) Like, the whole deal. Like, there's, like, six or seven really solid songs in that movie. And then, like, Metallica does a song, too. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's a great movie. Dude, that's a good movie. But Steven. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of movies, books, and video games, this week, did you watch any good movies? Did you read any good books? Did you play any good video games? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> I watched, I like half watched the movie that we're talking about today because i've seen it so many times and i just needed like a refresher mm-hmm. but really i mean like i went home this past weekend to charleston and uh i think we talked about this in the completely off topic monday episode um but i've just been you know like getting used to the new schedule with teaching and i think this is pretty much what i've been talking about for the last like three weeks yeah. uh but it's just been you know it's been kind of consuming my life a little bit uh but you know it's been it's it's been chill. It's been uh, it's 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 been it's been chill. I don't really have anything interesting to add for this week. Uh, I don't. I feel like I shouldn't repeat myself after what we talked about over a completely off topic Monday, um, because I kind of just went and talked about my weekend there. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry, Dave. That's Mine's fair. so much more boring than that's, yours. That's fair. That's fair. I kind of talked for a while, so that's cool. I think we should just get into it. Yeah, should we just like just go into it? Bad history is going to the movies. Bad Grab history your goes popcorn and your big ass coke with like forty five pieces of ice in it, so you barely get any drink. Grab some candy and squeeze into those uncomfortable seats next to a stranger where you kind of have to share an armrest. Play the music, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Yeah. The movie that I chose is a classic. I actually really like this movie. I don't mm-hmm. care that it might be one of the most historically inaccurate films ever made. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great movie. Um, I think it's got an amazing soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And 
it's Braveheart. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, I knew what movie you were doing going into this, and I definitely, if I didn't, I would already know Yeah. what movie it is. Just I just, based... I have a personal vendetta against Mel Gibson. No, uh, so Braveheart's a great movie, despite uh, Mel Gibson and, like, the influence he obviously had on it, which I think makes it kind of worse. Um, I don't hate Mel Gibson as an actor. Like I said, we said we watched Signs uh, recently, and I love Signs, mm-hmm. and I love Mad Max, and I love Lethal Weapon, but he's not a good person. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, a little background on Braveheart. It came out in 1995. Great year for movies. Uh, the mid-90s were fucking killing it with movies. Like Yeah, they really were, weren't hit they? Hit after hit. 94 had just finished up. Pulp Fiction, Jurassic Park, uh, Lion King, Toy Story was coming out. It's a good year. It was a good year. I think Forrest Gump came out in 94 as well. But anyway. That sounds right. Uh, but all those movies were just shy because Mel Gibson's Braveheart fucking won all the Academy Awards. It got five. Uh, it won Best Picture and even got Gibson uh, his Best Director Oscar. And the movie, if you don't know, which you should know, is about the story of William Wallace, who was a Scottish revolutionary who fought against the English under the rule of King Edward the Longshanks uh, when he was annexing Scotland. And so I'm not going to talk too much about the plot of the movie and the events of the movie. Um, I'm just going to talk about what is really the glaring historical problems with the movie. And I I might talk a little bit about what the movie does right, but (laughs) honestly, the movie really doesn't do much right, (laughs) like, at all. Um, So... Uh, first I'm going to talk to you guys about William Wallace and the real William Wallace versus the Braveheart William Wallace. So in the movie, uh, he's like this world traveled philosopher. He like speaks Latin and French in the movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. He's like been to Rome. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah, yeah. that's not the case at all. Um, so William Wallace was very much a Scot, you know, they were, um, you know, I'm not trying to say anything, but this is in a time where, like, priorities were as such, where he would not have been um, socially, like, allowed to travel the world and learn these things, Uh uh, nor would he have even probably been able to, like, capable of, um... And he wasn't, like, this peasant farmer boy, as he was in the movie. If you remember, he's, like, pretty poor. They live in, like, their Scottish mud huts and whatever. (laughs) But uh, the true William Wallace was actually more of an aristocrat. He was a landowner, and, you know, he he was most likely uh, somewhat wealthy, which is why he was afforded the, you know, position to get more involved in the revolution, you know. Uh, It's sad to say, but back then, and, you know, even up till modern times, it's it's usually not the lowly peasant guy who starts the revolution. 
or right, whatever right. Who, who leads it it's usually like an outcast aristocrat and right that's, yeah for sure that's like most likely the case um also in the movie uh he, he was executed spoilers <laughs> oh yo, I, I haven't seen the end of it dave that's bullshit you watched that movie with me um so he yeah he gets executed in the end of the movie and um this is where mel gibson probably stuck his foot in because every time a character gets executed they have to you know get crucified like you have to have the christ-like death where their arms are out and yeah the dove has to fly by and he screams freedom as they yeah, rip his yeah, intestines yeah. out but in reality he was drawn and quartered you know mm-hmm. where they just like hung him and then ripped him apart with horses so probably didn't scream freedom as that yeah was probably not probably screaming oh my god fuck, yeah, this, this all sucks this all just sucks please so much make this stop. <laughs> um he also just like little annoyances for me as like a historian is some of the language that is used in the movie and i know you know exactly right. what i'm gonna talk about yeah i know what you're talking about the poetic way in which um wallace sort of speaks and addresses you know the movie is full of inspirational quotes and speeches they can take our lives we'll never take they our freedom take they fought like, fought like warrior, warrior poets <laughs> that didn't happen oh they would have spoken that, it, like that he that's would, such a bad line he, he wouldn't have been that you know shoulder to shoulder with like peasant soldiers yeah um at least not like you know buddy pal and um just you know shit like that it and then also the other main character uh his name's robert bruce robert the bruce you're right yeah um he's totally misrepresented in this movie completely mm-hmm. so if you remember steven i think we we both should have watched the other person's movie as well but oh I, no i i've seen i've seen it recently i've seen uh braveheart within the last like year and a half okay because maybe that should have been like we should have sat down and watched them together but um <laughs> in the movie robert the bruce is kind of portrayed as like a pussy yeah for sure <laughs> he schemes and shit you know he's a schemer against he's, wallace because he wants like a, to become yeah. king of scotland well, he's like he's like a bad guy, or he's not a bad guy, but he's like a guy who finds redemption in the movie and all that stuff. Yeah, he finds redemption in the movie in the end and all, but that's after he fucking like sells out, right? Sells Wallace out, William Wallace, and he's like you know <laughs> behind the scenes kind of yeah. motherfucker. Um, but like in actuality, he actually really supported uh, Wallace uh, publicly. He had to denounce Wallace because he was vying for the throne, but that was like. He just made a statement like, "Oh yeah, William Wallace fucked that guy, right?" But then, like, he <laughs> he like secretly protected him and like helped moved him around and stuff. And um, this is really interesting. The term Braveheart uh, that you know the movie is it's about William Wallace. Mm-hmm. The term Braveheart is actually the historical term for Robert the Bruce, really? not William Wallace. Because get this, <laughs> after the Bruce dies. His heart um, is actually carried into battle. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 
So the the it was actually a brave heart. Like they stuck a helmet on the thing, and the heart was like, <laughs> "Let's go get them, boys! Let's let's do this! Let's do this!" Um. So before I get to like the main shit, uh, I'm gonna talk about the imagery of the movie. Okay. All right. I'm about to blow your mind. So the kilt was not worn until the 16th century in Scotland. <laughs> this yes. movie took place in the late 1200s. <laughs> yes. So strike one. Mel Gibson. Yeah, that's that's like a pretty bad oversight. Yeah. All right, number two. Uh, the Scots painted their faces for war only historically against the Romans hundreds of years earlier. Really? So strike number two. William Wallace never painted his face blue. <laughs> um, the peasants wouldn't have been wearing fucking tatters and shit. They would have actually worn clothes at this point. Right. Uh, but also... Like normal fucking people. Like normal people. But also, the English soldiers would not be in uniforms. The way they're portrayed in the movie is that they're marching out in uniforms. Back then, uh, soldiers wore whatever they could because armor was fucking expensive. And right, yeah. knights would have been in head-to-toe armor at this point. And in the movie, they're not. They're just yeah, like, this is 12th century? Uh, 13th century. 13th century, okay. Yeah, I mean, this is like the, 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 the turning height. point. Yeah, this is like the well, height of knights on horses and cavalry and stuff. Right, because it's post-100 years war is when they actually start moving away from the full body armor because they just got screwed by the long the British longbow. Well, yeah, and here's another interesting fact about that. Well, actually, I'll get, I'll get to that later. I'll get, okay. You're jumping the gun on me, Steve. I am Jesus. sorry, dude. I, this, <laughs> so, is like my, this is like my bread and butter this time period. So that's three strikes against just like, you know, looking at a fucking book, dude, kind yeah. of things. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. They wouldn't be wearing kilts. They wouldn't be painted blue. And the English wouldn't be in uniform. The English didn't actually start wearing military uniforms until, like, the 17th century. <laughs> also, uh, William Wallace, in the movie, they're like, Oh, I heard you were tall like a monster. And whatever. And he's like Mel Gibson. And Mel yeah. Gibson's kind of like a short guy. Yeah. But uh, historically, William Wallace was close to seven feet tall. Wow. And, um... He he used like you know a sword that Claymore the famous one uh-huh. uh, was about six feet long, like That's this, crazy. the one they have yeah. So he was a tall motherfucker. So you know that's just more storytelling bullshit. Um, time frame issues. The movie takes place beginning in 1280, and it starts uh, by saying the king of the Scots dies. But the King of the Scots lives almost 10 years past 1280. Um, this is also apparent in the relationship between the Fr- the French princess, Isabel, and uh-huh. uh, Wallace. So, like, you know, they're supposed to be secret lovers and stuff. Yeah, right, right. She was seven years old during the, oh. the major <laughs> oh, conflict. No. Oh, and no, also, no. And also, they never met. They never once met. There was no secret, like, uh, meetings. Uh, Longshanks was not, like, trying to coerce Wallace with uh, Princess Isabel. 
That right. never happened. That's completely fabricated. But the biggest glaring problem with Braveheart in terms of historical accuracy, and this is like sort of damning for the movie, is the Battle of Sterling. Bridge. <laughs> so the big battle in the movie, the famous one, uh-huh. where the Scots win, you know, they take our lives but not our freedom, and they show their yeah. butts. Right. That's not an open pitch battle like it is in the movie. And the entire movie kind of revolves around them winning this huge open face-to-face battle. You remember he convinces the cavalry to pretend like they're running away, but they right. come back in the end. No, the actual battle of Stirling was the battle of Stirling Bridge, where the English crossed a river on a, on a narrow bridge... And then the Scots just, like, thermopylied them on the other yeah. side, killing <laughs> yeah, yeah. killing them as soon as they stepped off the bridge, three at a time. Nice. And this was more of a psychological thing. And it could have been really interesting in the movie, but because the movie wanted to portray, the, or portray them as, like, heroes and uh, revolutionaries and good guys. So... The actual psychological warfare of the Battle of Stirling Bridge was the English were sort of used to, like, uh, kind of getting to the point where you could have the gentlemanly battle almost, you know what I mean? Like the, oh, we'll we'll get ready and then we'll run at each other. But instead the Scots just killed them as they were getting ready, you know, and like totally took advantage uh, in like a guerrilla warfare fashion. Which kind of makes more sense. Which makes way more sense, right? Yeah. Uh, but they didn't want to show that in the movie because then you'd be like, oh, they're bloodthirsty and and ruthless. But that's actually what William Wallace was going for. He was actually trying to portray that they were uh, bloodthirsty and ruthless. And this is the only reason the Scots won that battle. They were super outnumbered and fighting better trained and better experienced soldiers. They won with psychological and ruthless warfare. And, um... It, it it's totally wrong this battle and it totally yeah. misses the point of you know the campaign against the english what they were doing it wasn't a bunch of these pitched open battles as much it was like almost viking raids like do you know what i mean oh for sure and that's totally the mo of william wallace and it's completely <clears throat> lost to the movie because he's trying to create this christ image <laughs> You know, that he has to make in every yeah, single yeah. goddamn movie. Oh, I hate it. But it's it's a good movie. Um, uh, another minor thing uh, is the later battle is the Battle of Falkirk. Um, this is the battle in the movie where the English famously used Irish soldiers. And they yeah. charged each other and they stopped and like shake hands in the middle of the battle. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Bullshit. Oh, you. I mean, it, yeah, it definitely gives off that vibe. Like, there's no way this actually happened. Oh, of course it didn't actually happen. But what actually happened is that in that battle, um, the Scots lose. Yeah. It, it's not really explained why the Scots lose. Uh, it's It sort of shows um, Longshanks commanding the troops to shoot arrows at both his forces and the scots and he's killing both of them it's like oh he's a bad guy it's ruthless yeah what actually happened in that battle is this was the first kind of field test of the welsh longbow and it fucked up the scots and 
it was really decisive and there was no Irish Scottish brotherhood. It was the Welsh, uh, longbow that totally ripped through it. This was the battle where, you know, the Bruce betrays him. Yeah. Doesn't happen. Hmm. (laughs) None of that happens. This was just like a clean military defeat. But the narrative of the movie wanted you to believe that in a true, you know, battle, it wasn't possible for these righteous and, like, godly men to lose. No, they totally just got their asses beat. They just got their shit, shit pushed in. Yeah, and, um, and I mean, that's more of a narrative thing, definitely. Yeah. And it's I don't think it's as bad as, like, the complete fabrication of the Battle of Sterling Bridge. Right. But, right. <laughs> but... Yeah, this is a really historically inaccurate film. Now, I'm going to talk about what I do like about okay. Braveheart. Okay. It's fucking Braveheart, dude. Shit's so yeah. fucking cool. Dude, he fucking got that sword and he's chopping people's heads off and shit. Yo, Steve, you remember that part when he breaks in the room with the horse? Yeah, and, and just and like he drops the, the ball on the dude's head while he's sleeping and it just breaks open. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then he so jumps cool. jumps out the window. Oh, so fucking cool. Oh, yeah. you remember when they slit his wife's throat, and then they get the guy, and they tie him up, and then he slits his throat? Yeah. It's fucking awesome. One thing we should say, though, is that whole thing, like, I can't remember what what it's called, but what uh, Longshanks, like, the, it's like, you know, they can sleep with the wives on the oh, wedding night. Oh, it's called Prime Noctis? It's not a real it's thing. The, it's, it's called The First Night. Well, it's undecided whether or not it was a real thing, but it wasn't a um institution like it was in the movie yeah 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 definitely yeah like like there's there's no evidence that it actually happened like to william wallace oh definitely and it it definitely didn't because he was an aristocrat you know right exactly yeah like he would be the one you know yeah he would be the one to not fuck with yeah but um but that's it's a good movie it's, it, it it's is, a fucking you know? epic movie. The music, if you like bagpipes, go for it. Um, oh, man. I, I spent a lot of time in Scotland, and um, the people there kind of have this weird um, sort of connection with the people of Charleston in that our greatest folk hero was sort of bastardized on film by Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, he kind of <laughs> fucked over Charleston yeah. with Francis Marion in the, uh, the Patriot. Yeah. But And, like, what's crazy is The Patriot is, like, an, another one of those movies where it's, like, it's not a bad movie. It's just it's completely like, wrong. It's just so wrong. It's so wrong. Oh, that's great, dude. Yeah, but I I love that movie. You should check that movie out. Mm-hmm. Really good movie. Don't worry about it being fucking historically accurate or not because yeah. uh, it's not. It's not even a little bit. I'm trying to think of something, but there's, like, nothing, man. There's nothing that's historically accurate about that movie. I mean, they got a sword kind of right. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The whole Scottish pride thing. Yeah. It's complete. Like, with the kilts, and they show their butts through their kilts. It's not what happened. It's not what happened at all. So... That's Braveheart. It's a great movie. It won a shit ton of awards. Um, it's on two VHSs, so you're gonna have to you have to <laughs> yeah, stop it's... halfway through and put the second tape. <laughs> I remember watching that movie when I was like pretty young and watching it on VHS. 
Yeah, me too. And like having the having the two VHSs. We had like a few movies that were in two VHSs and like Titanic. Titanic, Braveheart, yeah. um, Meet Joe Black. What? Also, Meet Joe Black was on two VHSs. How long is that movie? I think that's a longer movie, yeah. And um yeah, but go go do it, guys. Go watch yeah. Braveheart. Really though. So, what do you think, Stephen? Is that... I would think that's probably pretty good scrolls, Dave. I was about to say you forgot. I I was gonna say that's pretty good scrolls, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm looking up how the run runtime of Meet Joe Black right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is it? Uh, IMDb. You're not doing any, doing me any favors here. Oh, oh God, yeah, it's three hours long. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I think VHSs could hold like maybe two and a half hours. So they probably yeah, that makes sense. Enough. Yeah, Braveheart is three hours and two minutes long. Damn. Anyway. I, what, I, what I really like about the poster they've chosen for the IMDb page for Meet Joe Black is that it's got Brad Pitt, and he's lovingly embracing some young woman, uh, possibly the love interest. I've never seen this movie, so I don't it's know. It's a good movie, dude. Um, but the two title names, like the, the, the two... Brad Pitt and characters. Anthony Hopkins. It's Brad Pitt and Anthony <laughs> Hopkins. And what I like to believe is that that is Anthony Hopkins that Brad Pitt is bra- lovingly embracing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the plot of the movie. <laughs> That's the plot of the movie. And I love it. Also, it was directed by Martin Brest. I know that. The guy's <laughs> last name is Brest. <laughs> oh God, we're 12. Anyway, Steven. Yeah. Get on with your movie. Play the music. All right. We'll play the music. All right, so Dave. Yo. So the movie that I picked uh, is not really kind of going down the same line that yours is. I didn't really pick a movie that was historically inaccurate. Instead, you picked I picked a movie that was historically accurate. Sort of. I'm pi- I picked a movie that a lot of people consider to be historically inaccurate, and I mean they're not wrong. I'll, but I'll talk about this. But the movie that I picked to to to, uh, to talk about is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's a very historically accurate film. Now listen, Dave. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that, yeah, it is satire. Yeah, it is Monty Python, so it's really dumb humor. But the fact of the matter is is that it's satire about not only Arthurian romance, romances, but also the Middle Ages as a whole. And so in that way, it's kind of valuable to look at to kind of see this over, like, uh, this this kind of like over exaggeration of the time period, um, Stephen. There's a guy who gets all his limbs cut off. Yeah, I know it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's what kind of so. What I'm going to talk about here is not really specific facts like Dave did. Instead, I'm kind of going to talk about themes that you that they're the, that they're covering on purpose because they're like themes seen throughout seen throughout the Middle Ages. I um, don't know, dude. This seems pretty reaching talking about how historically accurate Monty Python is. Listen, listen, I'm, I've got a case to make and I'm going to make it, okay? 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 <laughs> so first of all, let me just start off saying that, multi, that the Monty Python crew uh, was not completely just like, you know, stupid humor, slapstick humor. Uh, a lot of the guys actually like did a lot of stuff. Uh, specifically the guy I'm going to talk about in particular is Terry Jones. Now, Terry Jones was one of the the original uh, crew members of Monty Python, and he also was one of the directors of Mar- Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Now, Terry Jones 
uh, has also written a number of books specifically about the Middle Ages. He's a scholar of the Middle Ages, of the of the of the time period, and so he knows it really well. And so it makes a lot of sense that this movie is actually like accurately reflects, you know, like the kind of the major themes seen in not only you know King Arthur stories, but also kind of like the Middle Ages. Stephen, um, um, real quick. Which one in the movie was Terry Jones? So I Terry, just have a face. Yeah, so uh, Terry Jones was Sir Bedivere, and uh, and uh, or I'm sorry, Sir Bedivere, and he's also Dennis's mother, and uh, he's the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just remembered who Dennis is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best part of that movie. It's such a good part. I'm actually gonna. Uh, I'm actually going to conversation. Oh my god. Help, I'm being repressed. Oh, what a giveaway. Did you see him repress me? Oh my god. And so I'm actually going to talk about that. You said Dennis and I'm like, which one's Dennis? <laughs> oh god, I remember. Fucking remember it. Um Oh, I so didn't he's... know your name was Dennis. <laughs> you could have asked. You could have asked. Yeah, so he's 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 Sir Bedivere, which is the guy at the beginning who's like, uh, with like the trial, the witch trial, and all that. Um, so really, the biggest theme that's reflected in this in this movie is kind of just the absurdity of the Middle Age, like uh, works coming out of the Middle Ages and King, like works about King Arthur. Um, they're just kind of absurd, and if you read them, you know. It, it's it's you kind of just have to say like wow like they they like they were right they wrote this like they, they this is like stuff they're writing about people who they thought like existed um so it's really interesting i think uh with with king arthur in particular um i have to start i have to i have to start by saying that we don't really know if king arthur was a real person and like honestly he probably wasn't a real person um he's probably a combination of a few people and uh, and there, along with that, we don't really know the, the general time period that he existed in. Uh, some people say the 11th century. Some people say the 9th century. Um, the movie itself, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, takes place in the 900s. Uh, so kind of like you know a middle of the road guess of when he may have existed. But it's kind of like Robin Hood, where he's probably a folk hero just rooted in right. like, historical figures. Right, exactly. That's a good way to think about it. Um but what we do know about King Arthur is written um uh in it, it's it's two two different works um uh that I think we, we get most of our information from. Um I actually have them right here. Let me get the exact authors for you. The first one is uh called Arth- Arthurian Romances. And it's written um, in the uh, it, it's written in the the mid the middle Middle Ages. Um, specifically, it's written. Uh, let me find the exact date. Um, it's written in the, the second half of the twelfth century. So it's written like right around the thirteen hundreds. So you know, it's it's a few hundred years after King Arthur may have supposedly ex- existed. And this is the Middle Ages, and so like. Record keeping was a thing, but it often got pretty fucked up when like countries were going to war and like burning archives. So, you know, you take everything with a grain of salt. And this the second the second work that uh, 
that kind of bases we, we base what we know about King Arthur, which is arguably the most famous of, of the works. And kind of like, you know, when you think about King Arthur and like uh, his who he was, who, who you know, th- this is this is the book where we get all that from. It's called The Death of Arthur. It's called it's by Sir Thomas Mallory. And this takes place um, or I'm sorry, this is written in the 1400s. So about 100 years after. I'm sorry, about 200 years after um, the, uh, the 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 previous book, the Arthurian romances was written. Um, so that's kind of like a like a little bit of history about King Arthur and who he was and like what we really know about him. Um, so which is money, not a lot. which which is really not a lot. I mean, we have like these stories, and like the crazy thing about these stories is that they often conflict with each other. Um, so so you kind of have to like question everything, but. Well, this movie is really making fun of them. Um, first of all, I'll say that there's mindless violence throughout this movie. Like, uh, like, like the Black Knight is a really good example of just this guy standing in the middle of the woods who fights people that try to pass him. And you know, you see this in a lot of works of the Middle Ages of just like it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense why he's there, but he's just there, and like the reader is supposed to accept that. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, again, it's making fun and, like, you know, it's it's making a farce out of the fact that this this mindless violence we see and, um, you know, see in some of these works. And, like, that's um, – I'm going to pull from a different movie, but it's a movie heavily based on the death of Arthur. It's uh, called um, – it's called Excalibur. Excellent movie. Really, really, really good movie. Uh, it was made in the eighties, I think. And it's, a, it's, it's all about King Arthur and like kind of gives a really good rundown of, um, of, uh, of, of the death of Arthur. And in that movie, Lancelot is like just fighting people like King Arthur finds Lancelot and he ends up fighting Lancelot. And then, uh, he uses Excalibur to kill Lancelot and then brings him back to life. It's, Again, makes no damn sense, but this is you know it's you know th- this is what the Middle Ages has given us. Um, so like this mindless violence is very much like a thing that you see. It's a theme that you see. Um, also, uh, the uh, the whole idea of like what was Britain at the time period, um, y- you know the 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 Dennis scene, which is one of the most famous scenes in the movie. Where um, he claims he's uh, king of the Britons, right? Yeah, yeah. He comes up and he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm king of the Britons, and he says, king of the what? And because you have to realize at this time period, the Britons weren't a thing. It was a loose collection of like tribes of people who you know who really didn't owe loyalty to any one central figure. And the whole idea is that King Arthur was the one who was able to unite all these people. Um, so. Before all that, it's like there was no really unity. So for him to go around saying he was king of the Britons, it's like, yes, this is an over-dramatized example, but it's like, you know, you have to believe that, like, something like this isn't, you know, like, of course people were confused. Like, what are you talking about, you know? Who are these Britons? Well, we all are. Yeah, and and again, (laughs) in the book, it just kind of happens. He's like, King Arthur is able to unite all these, like, areas to, you know, create, like, this central... um, like Britain and like, you know, so like it does, it's, it's, it's kind of playing off of that. Like, how is he able to do this? Like, why were people just accepting the fact that he was now their King? I mean, he says like, I didn't vote for you. And it's like, 
I don't know that that always that always makes me like laugh because it's it's just something it's it's like when you're reading these it's like yeah he's kind of got a point it's like you know, why why does he owe allegiance to this king like what does this king have to give to him also one thing we kind of see throughout this movie is in a, in a lot of Monty Python movies is like kind of they kind of try to break down the Catholic Church a little bit so in this scene where it's the the uh, the witch scene you see the monks like walking through the town hitting themselves in the head with Bibles. and if that's just really poking up fun fun of the whole you know how invested uh people were with into christianity during the middle medieval age and really i think i mentioned this on the show before christianity for people in the middle ages in europe wasn't it wasn't something like it is now where it's like oh you go to church on sunday and you know maybe you'll pray once or twice a week or you know maybe you'll pray over dinner or maybe maybe you'll read the bible but it's like no in the middle ages like you lived your life for god um, especially if you were uh, of like a, of a peasant class or a lower class, it's like you were you were living your life to make it to heaven, and like you know most people once once the Catholic Church started circling this idea of purgatory, it became you're not going to make it make it to heaven at first, and like nobody does, you're going to purgatory, so you're going to do good shit, so you spend less time in purgatory. Um, but like pe- people lived their life straight up for for uh, for God, and so. Um, I mean that's what really this is making fun of is it's just they're hitting their heads and they're hitting their heads uh, heads with these Bibles and it's just you know like you, you hear the term Bible thumper and it's like uh you know it's kind of like a very literal like like view of that which I which I think is funny um one quick note about the witch trial uh and Dave and I we 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 talked about this before we recorded the witch trials weren't a thing yeah around King Arthur witch trials the height of medieval witch trials was very late medieval ages, like right around like the 14, 1500s. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but I think one thing this does do right is just like, you know, they're like, you know, like, like what burns a wood burns? Like what else does wood do? It floats kind of thing. Yeah. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but it ain't far off from like the kind of like connections that were drawn when they did these witch trials. You know what I mean? Like it was, it it was. Yeah, very... it's like they have the one where you throw the witch into the, um, the water with like weights tied to her feet. Right. And if she drowns, then she, like, was was a not human. a witch. Yeah, yeah. But if she comes to the surface, she's a witch, and she needs to be burned at the stake. Witch. Yeah. And it's like you're not gonna win. Yeah, it's <laughs> you like you can't it's... win. Well, and that's the thing is, if you're accused of being a witch. You'll either die from torture or you'll confess because you're being tortured and then be burned at the stake. And, like, uh, that's the thing is, like, they would torture you and, like, torture, torture you. And after a while, you're just going to mentally break and admit to anything you want, want yeah. you know, them to, them for you to admit to. And so, you know, in many ways, it's like, yeah, they got the time period off, but it's still, like, they, they did a pretty good job of nailing the absurdity of it. And I think, you know... We just have to remember that this movie is a farce, but it's making fun of something that, like, if you look just past that, if you look just past the farce aspect of it, and, like, it is very much, like, a representation of the time period and, like, the works that come out of that time period. But I think, more than anything, this this gives a very good represent, a representation of, like, chivalry at the time period. And oh, so, yeah, da- so, yeah, so Dave, you, you know what chivalry, chivalry is, right? Yeah, it's when you like hold the doors open for the ladies and you exactly. put the toilet seat down. Exactly. So chivalry is like kind of like this code that knights live by. 
And um, so I, I've got a good list here of its uh, elements of chivalry, and I'll just I'll read a few of you, for you, a few of them to you. A knight must vow to remain faithful to God. A knight must be loyal to his king. A knight must be loyal to his lady love. A knight must use his strength and skills to aid ladies in distress. That's an important one uh, for this movie. A knight must defend and protect the weak and underprivileged. A knight must champion right against evil, injustice, and cruelty. A knight must be generous to all, courageous in the face of enemy, and pro- be prepared to die for his country. So... We see a lot of these themes in this movie. Yeah. And, and so, like, this movie goes off in directions that don't really make sense sometimes. But it's, it's you know, it's, it's, all, it's all, like, leading into this idea. Of they're just hitting points of chivalry. Like, when Sir Lancelot goes and rescues the guy from uh, the tower that he thinks is a lady. Yeah. And he just goes in and he, like, he runs into the castle and single-handedly murders half the people in the castle. And rescues the guy. It's like, oh, so good. That's the kind of stuff you're reading about in these in these uh, these uh, works coming out of the Middle Ages. Is like, especially in um, in like uh, stories about Arthur and like his knights. It's like just running in, single handedly killing fucking everybody, and then rescue just like all in the name of like rescuing somebody. And the and the vow to remain faithful to God. This is something you know you see throughout the Middle Ages is a very very real thing. Is like God's will. And using God's will as an excuse, and uh, God wills it. God wills it, and uh, like like they go, and they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna we're we're gonna go find the Grail because God has told us to find the Grail. So it's like it's those kind of things that you see, you know, you see pretty consistently. Um, but really, chivalry is like the biggest that biggest kind of like theme in this movie. That's like they 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 pretty much nail. They pretty much really nail uh, chivalry, and so and the and castle then, anthrax, yeah. <laughs> the castle anthrax, yeah, exactly. Where he goes in, and um, you know he's he's tempted, he, he he's tempted by all these ladies, and he eventually gets rescued because he's about to give in to temptation. Um, and uh, this this like you know being tempted is another theme that we you know you kind of will see. I mean that's the thing is like one thing I love about medieval writing and. Uh, you know, Arthurian writing, or not Arthurian writing, but like these Arthurian, Arthurian stories and like medieval writing, is these themes that are pretty consistent over all of them, especially with chivalry. Uh, but uh, one of my favorite things, and it's it, it might be my favorite line in the movie, is um, is when they go to find the the Grail, and they walk up to the castle, and it's the French castle. And, yeah. <laughs> and and they say, what are the French doing here? And I love this line. And the reason I love this line is because it shows how messed up, like, the, the, like the, the land in terms of who owned what was in, in during this time period in Britain and in France. It's like it was constantly, constantly changing. Um, you know, there would be areas of, of Britain that the French would have, and then there would be areas of France that the British would grab. And so it's, like, constantly changing, and, like, no one really has a good handle of it. So I think I just love that line because it's hilarious to me. So those are kind of all, all the themes that you kind of can see and pick out throughout this movie. And I really encourage um, if, if anyone, you know, like likes, likes uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Watch it again and really, you know, look for these themes because they're great and they're really, really funny and just like it's really cool how they make use of them. One thing I will say that I don't really understand that they don't do in Monty Python and the Holy Grail is address the character of Percival. And yeah, he's like mm-hmm. a total – he's the big dude in the round table, right? Right. So Percival is the most important of King Arthur's knights, um, at least in the death of Arthur. 
And if you watch the movie Excalibur, if you're familiar with the movie Excalibur, Percival is the only knight of the round table to survive after Arthur dies. Uh, Percival is, you know, he's this young kid who comes in and the night, the night, the knights of the round table is already established. And he comes in and he's like, he, uh, he's trying to like, he, he, I think he's like, has to duel someone to get in to be a knight. And anyway, he makes his way on to the table and then he's sent out to find the grail for Arthur because Arthur's whole kingdom is going to hell. And if they find the grail, it's supposed to return, you know, like it's supposed to like bring goodness and uh, prosperity back to the realm. And he's the only one who survives besides Lancelot. Besides Lancelot, he's the only one who survives of the knights going to go find the grail. Because it's this thing that takes like like thirty years or something like that, something ridiculous like that. So Percival's like this huge character, and then like uh, when they have this huge final battle, uh, and Arthur is you know sent off with the Lady of the Lake, or or not the Lady of the Lake, he's sent off with uh, like the people to go to the island. I can't remember what the island is called. Um, Percival's the one that's was the one that survived, and he's one he's the one that, that's with Arth, Arthur, and he's the one that's Arthur's like go throw Excalibur back into the back into the uh, the the pond to the Lady of the Lake, and he has to go do it. So it's like he's this huge important character, and I just don't understand why he wasn't included in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. But dude, in the Knights of the Round arcade game, he's mm-hmm. one of the three playable characters. He's totally important. He's very very important. But I would Percival's really cool, and honestly the death of arthur is like a really good book and out of like as far as medieval works go it's pretty easy to read and it's a lot of fun to read too so i recommend it also go watch the movie excalibur surprisingly accurate movie uh depiction of the the death of arthur so that's uh that's kind of my rant well, that was uh, a good scroll, Steven. Thanks, man. I didn't realize how long I talked for. Yeah, Holy you talked shit. for so long. I fell the fuck asleep halfway through that shit. It's all right. It's all right. It sounded good. Thanks, I actually man. paid attention all the time because that I love Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I do too, man. And it's like it's so good. It's. I think what I was really trying to say is it's got this layer to it that a lot of people don't realize is really there. But there's it, levels. There's levels. It's got levels to it's this. It's got levels. It's like an onion. <laughs> that's layers man i said layers first and then you said levels well i meant levels mm-hmm. 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 all right anyway that's a good scroll uh thanks man i appreciate that dave you know what we didn't do <laughs> did we not pick a we didn't pick an octop figure topic for him we were doing so good for so long oh no oh shit Okay. Well, is it my turn to pick one? Yeah, it's your turn to pick one. I picked the last one. Shit. Uh, we're going to talk about a specific military event in which weather played a big uh, part. Ooh, okay. There you go. So, join us next week on Bad History when the Weather Channel strikes back. Oh, that's that's the name of the episode. The Weather Channel Strikes Back. The Weather Channel, the one where the Weather Channel Strikes Back. <laughs> what is this, an episode of Friends? <laughs> um, we're all sitting around the patties, and we're like, don't worry, the Weather Channel never does anything wrong. And then the title of the episode comes up. Da, the na, 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 Strikes Back. 
<laughs> the gang gets fucked by the Weather Channel. <laughs> Oh All right, my so God. until next time. Uh, Dave. You're forgetting something. Oh, no. Dave, you're forgetting about my plugs. <sighs> I keep trying to get us out before the plugs. I'll be, I'll be quick since I just talked, like, forever. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, we're on iTunes. We got, don't, we... Don't, we, don't go there. We on iTunes. You can no go on iTunes. there and you can like and like and subscribe. You can subscribe and rate and review us. Do you want me to read some reviews? Yeah. Yeah? You don't sound give, too excited about give them it. A, give them a reason. Okay. Give you a reason. We'll read your review off. All that good stuff. Um, so, I like this one. It's uh, it's by Turn It Out 920. Turn It Out? And turn It Out 920. Turn It Out. The the, 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 the the title of the review, it just says, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> um, it says, this podcast is like if your friend saw a documentary he was super into and then decided to tell you about it. Except your friend is two people, and those two people are funny. Very relaxed storytelling oh. style. It makes this easy to get into. Keep it up, guys. Oh, that's great. I love that one. That's like exactly what we're going for, too. Yeah. I <laughs> really like perfect. You get yeah. it. Yeah, you get it, dude. You get exactly what we're, what we're you're, you're picking up what we're putting down. He's picking up. He's sniffing what we're stepping in. He's sniffing what we're sniffing in. There's also a really good one. It's titled "Ha!" Exclamation point by Deep Schwag. Deep Schwag. Uh, it says they do the bad research, so you don't have to. Which is just, <laughs> I think it's perfect. <laughs> we are the Wikipedia. We are the Wikipedia. Um. So yeah. So that's uh. You leave us a rating review. We'll read it off into the air. Um. And uh, we're also kind of our base of operations is bad history uh, podcast.podbean.com. And you can listen to the episodes there. You can download the MP3, uh, the, the JPEG files right from right from there, right to your computer and listen to them. Uh, we are also on Stitcher. Um, we are we have a Facebook page, uh, Bad History Podcast. Just search for us there. We got an iTunes Bad History Cast. Been really, uh, been really trying to step on the uh, the the Twitter game. You know, I've been I've been really getting on that Twitter game. So to be honest, I have never once checked out our Twitter. I know, I've, I know you no don't do idea. Twitter. I know you don't do Twitter, Dave. So um, you know, I don't know how. What do you just like it. post topics? Like, what do you? Don't worry about it. I'll fill you in later. Don't worry. I'll fill you in later. Uh, um, and then I think that's it in terms of stuff we've got. Oh, we just got approved for Google Play, which is really cool. Google Play um, is like the Android music service, and they just started uh, like post uh, supporting podcasts. And so we did. We sent our sent ours in a few days ago. It got approved, so it should be up there shortly. And we'll keep you guys filled in, and let you guys know. Um, so that's really cool. But uh, I think that's it for my plugs. thank god i know Uh, i slowly die each time you do it i know you do dave and i wouldn't live if they were any longer i know so next time whether the weather is cold whether the weather is hot it's gonna fuck your army up yeah it will (laughs) bad history i'm dave i'm steven Happy history and good scrolls. Good scrolls. Bye, guys.